but I want to have faith in humans. Give me something to believe in. Earth below me, sky above me, fire within me. Brought to you by UPRN Network. I'm Trish Mo, and this is The Missing Piece. Good evening. It is, gosh, it is Monday, May 16th. We are broadcasting live on New Orleans 105.3 FM and United Public Radio Network. I want to thank Carnation for sponsoring my first hour. And tonight I have some, so many exciting things planned. Um, I want to welcome back, as as I've promised, we've we've said it um, when Jill was on, we said it when when Flood was here, that we were going to discuss the Sally House finally. And uh, tonight's night, I guess, uh, with this with this super blood moon energy still still going on here, which is chaos, but um, I love it. So welcome. I have Jill Weaver back. I have John, Flood, Killian, Alejandro, De La Via. Is that right? De La Via. (laughs) And Walker Roberts. So welcome you all. Um, They, this group, um, I can honestly say, actually, probably um, I, I met you all at a point that that completely changed almost changed my path but also changed my my entire perspective of um, not only other research group like investigative groups um i like to call you all research <laughs> paranormal researchers or um but um I appreciate that <laughs> rather than <laughs> you know you're not you're definitely not the typical ghost hunters as as they call it so um so we and and then I also, if you all stick around, um, I know my my horsefly chronicles um, was a crazy chaotic event, super weird. Um, I tried to log on and this owl eyes portal page showed up and then my computer crashed for like thirty minutes. So that was that was fun. But um, <laughs> right, I'm like what. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? So, so that happened. Um, but I do have a surprise later as well, a surprise guest um, for this this eclipse, uh, this eclipse energy. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And other than that, it's Mo Monday, so so we can get into this. Uh, yes, where do we even start with this? <laughs> oh, this beast. Um, so. In traditional fashion of I had this entire like um, PowerPoint presentation thing that I've actually been working on for you know like four months and all these like links and pictures and all kinds of stuff and all of a sudden um, right like I even got off work early today and it, and it worked and then um, an hour ago it said the file was corrupt and completely deleted it so so there's that Thank you, Sally House. For a place that uh, is notorious for <laughs> apparently wanting to be talked about, it goes to great lengths to make sure that you can't share exactly what you want to talk about. No, absolutely not. So when when I first uh, 
John, you all, how long were you all there? You you were there two, three days total? Uh, two. Two days? Yeah, two days. You showed up on the uh, the evening of our second day, so by that point, we had been there roughly about 25 hours, I think, by the time you showed up. And it was also a full moon. It was... Uh, That's true. <clears throat> Yule Eve. By the way, Jill got the greatest shot out of that whole trip uh, outside when the moon was full. If I haven't, I'm sure I posted that on the Instagram, but I'll I'll boost it again. Of the moon, yeah, with, the, with the streak that showed up that wasn't there in right the three photos that I took. It oh was, wow! It was also Mother's Night that night. In the pagan tradition, okay. that, that's Freya's night. That's Freya's um, where you slaughter the pig. That's why we eat it ham at Christmas. Is because of Freya. I um, my I went outside at, at some point there to get my camera and um, it stopped it stopped working it wouldn't work so I did not get any pictures outside that night I barely got any inside for that matter so um, I have externals I, I I think I've probably shared them already but um, I will double check to see they're on there you, when I first get to a location. That's the first thing I do is I just take all my external shots, just walk the whole property before I even go in. Because sometimes you'll see people peeking in the windows waiting for you to come in. Oh, that's interesting, especially at that place. Mm -hmm. um, they peeked at us when we left. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, like it, uh, for, in our case, it was more of them peeling the blinds back on like, Jesus, are they getting out of here yet? Go, go already. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yeah. I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a picture and post it on my page of, of my neighbor's house, which is abandoned now. And uh, that just happened. Like all of their windows are all of a sudden like peeled back um, in the last day. And I'm like, that wasn't, that reminds me of something, but. Hmm. Um, but one thing, one of the first things that John did was take me around, um, back of the house. And this is something that I don't think, um, you know, Jill, Jill and I discussed this briefly one time. Um, but you took me around the back of the house and you were telling me that that used to be the front of the house, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the road was, was it moved or renamed? I, I can't remember the exact history of it. If I, I might be completely wrong about this, but I, I think like the, uh, the river flooded at one point and it kind of damaged where second street originally was, which was alongside the river yeah. there. And so, uh, they kind of fortified the, uh, the hills and, and built up a little bit of a dam of, with the earth there and then moved the street over to the other side of the house. And that's why all of those houses have this front porch vibe um, in the back, but it's, it's reverse. So, um, but again, don't quote me on that. It's, it's history gets a little bit fuzzy with that town because a lot of documents were damaged apparently during this very same flood. So they say, <laughs> Yeah, that's... Um, oh, we're going to get back in there. That's interesting. Um, but but that, that made me think, uh, and, and then Jill and I were talking about, you know, I have visited on numerous occasions the International Forest of Friendship. I visited um, Mount Vernon Cemetery, and I also ended up at 
on the opposite side by accident at that other cemetery. I believe it is uh, like sugar or something, or maybe it's the Oak Hill. Um, but in Atchison, I get very turned around when it comes to directions. You know, it's I don't know whether it's like something magnetic there or. Um, but I was thinking about that. I'm like, that's the one thing of this house that could possibly have affected it, shoot the town forever, um, is the fact that the, the front is the back, the back is the front. So think about the energy, like that's like the chi of the house, you know? And so if it constantly has people coming in the back door, like, you know. Yeah, that uh, completely changed the feng shui of the house, completely. Yeah. Um, and the city, and, and it made me think about that, you know, getting, if, if they've changed roads and things like that, and we were, we were talking about, um, you know, if revisiting places, if we've all had past lives there at some point, and you go back to a place the way you remember it, and then everything's opposite, and it would definitely screw up your, um, you know, your internal compass, and the same with the entry and exit to the, to the city itself. The times that I went the other direction, the back way from from my parents' house, my car would have that, uh, you know, do the weird thing like I was in an accident right before I got into town. But when I came from Topeka, it didn't do that. So maybe I went in the front door that time. I don't know. It has a it's a it's a weird approach energy when you first drive into town. It's not like any other town I've ever like driven into. It's kind of hard to explain to people, but it's, it, it has a very odd feeling. And I, I agree with you. It almost feels like the energy is kind of still swirling or everything was going one way. And then all of a sudden it was just like shifted the other. I had a terrible time driving in town and the town is not complicated by any stretch of the imagination. And I was like, Walker, you just, you just got to help me. I, like I got lost in the cemetery and I just don't know what it was. It's like, there's this swirling energy there and it's, it's really kind of confusing. Well, we even talked about the disorientation that we all had within the house itself. Um, how, how you could attribute a, a fair amount of it to, to shoddy carpentry, but we all expressed moments of moving through that house and feeling like we moved from one place to another, moving in and out of different rooms. It, and I, really, again, like you pull that scope back and you look at the whole town, you're absolutely right. I think anybody who is even remotely sensitive to this type of stuff is going to feel the same thing that we all felt when we started to move towards that town is a few miles before you hit that threshold. There's like this subtle pressure, <clears throat> you know? Um, and sometimes it manifests in different ways for all of us. For me, I smell jasmine uh, anytime it's starting to build up like that. But it's uh, it's it's palpable out there. Yeah, you really feel the water energy. And I wasn't, I, you know, I'm not familiar with Kansas at all. That was my first trip out there. So I was not expecting to feel water energy. I just don't know what I was expecting to feel. Maybe kind of more earth energy. Mm. But the, it actually, it feels a lot like uh, West Baden. If you go down to West Baden uh, in Indiana, there's underground springs everywhere. And that's exactly how that hotel feels. It just, it almost feels like um, you're getting almost kind of seasick, like you're actually like rocking on, on water. Hmm. It has a oh, little vibe there. Yeah. I, on the way into town, I definitely felt like we had 
cross like a like a surface tension of like a bubble energetic bubble through there so I'm wondering if it's ever been, if anybody's ever, I mean, I'm sure they have, but in, in recent years, anyone's ever tested the actual, um, you know, there's been like the chemical spill and everything in 2016, um, different, um, they've had more floods, they've had other things go on. I wonder if it's the, the ground, not only the water there, but the soil also has ever been tested as far as like radiation levels, um, metal, things like that. Um, that's that's something that I'd be really interested in, in mm -hmm. diving back into the next time I go out there because, you know, again, if you scale it back and start to look at the whole town, the surrounding area as a, a giant anomaly within itself, then yeah, why aren't we taking the full scientific approach? Let's let's get like uh, soil samples. Let's understand the geological makeup of the area. Uh, this is the stuff that I would really like to start doing deeper dives into. For sure. It is it is the karst topography. I mean, they, yeah. have, they have a distillery there, so there have got to be caves. You know, there's got to oh. be limestone yeah. there, and mm -hmm. you know that I always joke about wherever you have karst, you always have good bourbon, and you also have ghosts. <laughs> Well, and I didn't realize, so there used to be an old coal mine there um, way back in the day. And then as far as limestone goes, um, it, it's it's well known, especially in Kansas, that spirits, uh, apparently, uh, this is something I just learned, but it's all over the internet. It's everyone there talks about it. Um, but a lot of the dirt roads and stuff have limestone in them. And they said spirits, for whatever reason, um, limestone like absorbs or they're able to manifest with limestone something about that like they they are able to attach um, which which kind of makes sense I guess um, it's a I mean it's a real porous stone it's it's yeah. very water soluble I mean that's how you get the caverns is you know you get any kind of of water leaching through and it just mm -hmm. dissolves these these caverns you get the stone tape theory going in uh, with mm -hmm. that which doesn't necessarily have to be limestone, although like more often than not, whenever this subject comes up, that is why limestone does pop in because it is so like soft and malleable as opposed to other stones. But yeah, I mean, like it's also um, and, and the, the only reason I thought of this was because um, when Alejandra, you were um, you had the letter tiles. Um, Bananagrams, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, but I had, I came up with, I had a picture when I got home on my phone. It like my, I didn't even realize I took it or that my camera was on or anything. Like a very blurred picture of only one, um, one of the um, kind of channeled messages you got that said soul ties. Mm. And so I was, I was discussing this with, with John one time. I was, I was like, wait a minute, why do I keep getting Korea? Why do I keep getting Korea with Seoul ties? Well, Seoul, Korea. So both Atchison and Seoul, Korea are on the 39th parallel. The 39th parallel was the first great arc triangulation between here, Kansas and Utah back in the, I don't know, like 18... Well, it would have been like early, early 1900s when the first surveyors, you know, um, but but it's opposites, too. So 
So like Bleeding Kansas was in 1855-ish, I want to say. I had a presentation on this. I really did. I came prepared. (laughs) (laughs) But but that didn't work out. So I want to say it was in 18... It was between 1853 and 1855. Um, But so was uh, the, the Korean War was in 19, in the 1950s. So... To me, you know, everything, um, as within, so without, you know, so, so if people think of it that way, everything on the opposite side of the world, <clears throat> especially something, um, it's kind of the, the whole law of the universe, you know, and, and, and karmic and ties and stuff, because something that tragic caused basically a civil war within Kansas, um took a hundred years to seep through if you think of the earth as a house or or you know we're, we're like the heartland to seep through to the other side of the world and caused a, a separation in that in that country well i wouldn't say caused it but i'm saying that energy you know it's kind of like you become the people that you surround yourself with the energy that you surround yourself with even if it's neighbors um and i think that's what's happened to that town as well it's an interesting town. It's um, I've traveled a lot and I haven't experienced any place quite like it. I think the McIntyre Villa um, is on that same that same parallel too. You know, a few blocks down, and it's supposed to be haunted. So, I am uh, deeply disappointed to find out that the. Um... Oh, I can't remember the uh, the place right across the street from Sally House. Uh, Glick Mansion. Mansion. Yeah, the Glick Mansion. It's permanently closed. It's and also, which I just looked it up yesterday or the day before, it's owned now by uh, real estate investors, and some of their properties are named after the colored door, like blue door property, green door property. You know, which is interesting in itself because. We, we talked about that as well with all the red doors. So. What's behind the red door? Right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, but I, uh, I, I hope that they will end up opening that back up uh, because I, I think, uh, Trish, maybe that was you and I that was talking about this or, or like somebody within this group um, about doing multiple experiments across the entirety yeah. of Atchison simultaneously and seeing if we can start getting like mirrored responses at different locations or just seeing what happens because the whole town's active. You throw a rock, you hit something haunted, apparently. Let's go to the Elks Lodge. (laughs) Yeah, I at least want to investigate all the places that are owned by the Finney family. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really interesting to see what kind of energy passes through like all of their places. How many properties did they own? It I want to say we found at least 20. We didn't was, like find 20 this or addresses, but said, um, yeah, yeah, that was like the research said that that was like kind of the estimate of how many total that they owned. Wow. And if you if you take it even a step further than that, a lot of those homes were owned by former um, congressmen, um, Senate, things like that as well. So that's that's going like way back to to even, you know, a lot of the first uh, 
established laws of our country and such um people that that live there after that so yeah which is interesting i think uh, glick himself yeah. was a former I, I believe a congressman yeah oh. I, I think even the um, the visitors, the convention center there, when you go and you you, you know get your T-shirts and and everything, I think they they've probably got activity there. I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't ask the docent about it. So, one thing um, I know, uh, you all talked about um, on one of your podcasts. Um, shoes as well. And I saw something about that at the visitor center, but then I also read about it in regards to the Delgar house. They said that when they were re, um, restoring the house, they found some Civil War era military boots um, in under the, some floorboards, and that that was actually a tradition back in the day to place shoes in the foundation of the house. <clears throat> and I've actually, I've read this um, many like in old newspapers and such um, regarding Atchison specifically where they did it with children's shoes and mm -hmm. and adults because they considered it a form of protection for the house have you all that's a new one on me yeah it was, it was Alejandro that mentioned mm -hmm. you know he didn't want to take his shoes off and it that just was from a dream you had right yeah I'd had a dream about two weeks previous to uh, visiting the house um, with the three of uh, us, Flood and Walker and myself, um, in the dream, it was like a, it was more of like a warehouse type building. Um, but there was a very clear message just going through it in short. There was a very, uh, large threatening male presence and, uh, that was not chasing us around, but like very, uh, hmm. okay. So there wasn't any like verbal communication, but there was a very like upfront, you know, you're not welcome here. Um, and the where the shoes part came into that was that the three of us, none of us were wearing shoes. And there was a very much like a feeling like we need to go get our shoes. You know, this isn't somewhere to be without your shoes. And so the thing with that was like taking off your shoes in someone else's house. It's like, you know, you're getting comfortable there. And that's clearly not the case at the Sally house. You know, we're not supposed to be comfortable there. We'll never be welcome there. And that was what I took from that was like, don't take off your shoes. We're not, you know, we're not welcome there. Oh, that's another soul ties yeah. thing too, though, because you know souls yeah. to your feet. Yeah. And <laughs> well, you know that, that's funny because it hadn't occurred yeah. about, like just this moment. But I was wearing a brand new pair of boots, and when I got home, the the buckles were broken. I had to actually hmm. send them back. Wow. Brand new. It was like first out of the box, and I was like, "This is weird." We didn't hmm. really do anything, but walked to town. Basically, we walked around town. We walked around the cemetery, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I never set foot on the floor without uh, shoes. I had some uh, slippers, some Converse-style slippers, <laughs> and I went right from uh, you know my boots into those immediately. I never once uh, set like socked foot on the floor of the Sally House, so <laughs> well, I, I, I held true to that. I did. Yeah. I was definitely more physically affected than Hondro. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I was quite comfy when I did. So what can That's I say? That's interesting. Um, John even took a shower there. So I did. Yeah. I would not have done that. <laughs> I, I, did. Oh. I wouldn't. I didn't want so, to be in the bathroom alone. <laughs> so I I was walking around with Walker and we went in the bathroom and I'm like, 
why does this look familiar? Like, what is, and then I figured it out like a few months later when I went back home, um, I was at my parents' house and they had the exact same picture of seashells in their bathroom and I was like I was I was on the phone with John I'm like no way (laughs) I was like this isn't happening right now and then as far as other synchronicities the dream you're talking about in the shoes um last full moon which I was at truck hinge whole other which is also by a rock quarry and um salvage yards you have all the metal you have all the all the weird stuff and then it's it's also by the old um, Billard Airport here, um, and so they they their house was a restored hangar, actually like a giant warehouse looking thing. Cool. And that's why I sent you that picture. I was like, I'm at this shoe tree, mm-hmm. like in the middle of the, at, in at nighttime. We decided to take a walk back into um, my friend and I back into this creepy, you know, trail by by this hangar, and they have all these shoes hanging from this tree. And you could, you know, you can see the full moon and stuff. And as we were walking, swear to God, they, there was this, I don't even know if, if he was human, but I, I, and I'm not afraid of like most spirits or, or aliens or monsters, whatever. They don't give me that feeling. This, this thing was like probably seven, eight foot tall. And I'm not even, I completely sober. <laughs> And, you know, it was early. It was like 10, 11 at night. Um, and this, it, it kept getting faster and closer. And all of a sudden, all the animals, like, literally ran out of the forest, out of the all the bushes around us. And, and I was like, that, usually animals come to me. You know, they don't run from me. And that's when I turned around. He kept getting closer. I'm like, there's this giant being, like... <laughs> come right sneaking up behind me and then he he got closer and I turned around he just turned around and walked back but it wasn't even walking like a human so that's interesting that that you had that you had that yeah especially because yeah because in my dream it was it was definitely like a like a cement warehouse kind of a building so that that sounds pretty similar to a hangar yeah yeah I um just the other day I was thinking about Sally House, of course, and then I was thinking about Walker. We were upstairs, and you put your hand on the door to the attic um, at one point. I I was, like, sitting on the floor or something. And, um, and I all, like, I saw, I literally saw, he was behind me, but I saw, you know, in my mind, the the doorknob almost catch on fire, uh, literally. And, like it was trying to harm him or like something was in the attic, you know? And so the other day I kept getting that. I, it, I kept hearing he's in the attic, he's in the attic. And I'm like, that is one thing we never, we never got to do, you know, is, is go in the attic or, or ever even because it was locked. Right. It was, like, yeah. They, it was like, yeah, we didn't have truck. access. Yeah. So that, that, and that's when I was, I was looking through, um, something told me to look at a picture from a pri- from the prior year on the same date and the only picture i had from that day for whatever reason was this a screenshot of a meme that says careful who you touch and it had you know the everybody knows the meme of like a, a demonic devil hand or something touching like shaking hands with a person i'm like that's interesting because that was right when you touched the door and um 
before that, when we'd been walking around up there, I said something was trying to hold my hand and it was right after that too. And then, and then after you got away from the door, you, you said something about your hand or the doorknob felt funny or something. And um, all of a sudden you, you, you went by the stairs and it's like, push him, push him, you know, trying to tell me to push you down the stairs. And I was like, okay, but I, I can see, you know, if, if people who aren't used to that, um, used to spirits trying to manipulate them, um, that could be really dangerous because it was very, you know, almost sounded like a, my own voice, you know, mimicking my own voice in my head. Um, yeah, like making thoughts happen and just like, right. that's what I heard from the house too is like, um, I think that was one of Tony's last straws was like um, him getting kind of pushed down the stairs and that was him kind of leaving the house. So I have definitely heard stories of that um, happening and I think that some of our energy could be very similar to that, um, you know, kind of feeling of like, yo, we need to like kind of get these people where try to affect them as much as possible is definitely one of the vibes mm -hmm. that I was feeling was coming at us. Both of the staircases in the house are treacherous just to begin with. Oh yeah. The basement is really scary. The whole bottom stair is like basically missing. Yeah. And then the staircase going upstairs, wasn't it like heavily carpeted and they were kind of narrow. Steps. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really it's, you could fit maybe two thirds of your you know your foot on those on each step it's not big you know they're not big stairs by any means they're yeah and it was tough to like yeah. it wasn't wide enough to really like walk by someone on mm -hmm. the stairs so it was mm -hmm. like a narrow kind of weird staircase yeah and the banister was a little bit rickety so you felt like this it really was kind of treacherous going up and down yeah and i personally was way too tall for the entire house so <laughs> yes that was a whole other obstacle we were talking about the upstairs bathroom because the downstairs this little literal little water closet like walker could barely like fit in. <laughs> oh that was the only one i used though because i knew okay. someone was close by every time i wasn't gonna be upstairs by myself i had to go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> i took a shower i had no fear I needed a shower. Those of you who have not traveled with me trapped into a <laughs> tiny little car, I needed a shower. I, I really did. It was for the betterment of all mankind, I promise. Yeah, the, with the scary holes in the floor in the bathroom upstairs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, literally oh. you rock down that corner where there's a hole and it would fall into the basement. <laughs> so uh, one of, that that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, I also got, you know, as as far as holes and and houses and um, stuff. There's in the in the basement, you know, when when well, first of all, I kept, I kept seeing like all these different battles between like archangels and stuff and. It, it it mimics Stoll in a in a way because Stoll is infamous for the seven seven portals to the heavens and hells, you know. Um, but what I was going to say about that, so as far as doorways and stairs and 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 all of these things, we we're talking about the different the different um, the parallel 
and and the ley lines and things like that and the portal you know supposedly in the basement um the pentagram that they covered up and burned and all this stuff which is so ridiculous but anyways <laughs> i can voice my opinion on that one um but do you all think and, and i've thought this a long time you know especially as witches being burned forever that you know your actual soul kind of like the snap um theory is is fragmented in different places so when people start changing or boarding up doors or portals or moving ley lines or all of these things uh because it was a few months later that i was literally like haunted by a wraith um which is i'm pretty sure it was still from sally house but um they go in search of of their trying to find their their souls and their bodies correct same bay bay familiar <laughs> i am not <laughs> I am not. I mean, the the only the type of soul fragmentation I was familiar with is that at death you you fracture into as many as five parts. So your soul is eternal, and you know you can reincarnate. And then really, what's left? It's part of you, but it's it's not your consciousness. It's kind of more of your personality and your traits. So when you encounter spirits, they're very much like they were in life. If they're angry, sad whatever type of people they were, that's kind of like the residue that gets left. Um, so I don't know if, you know, you actually try to, you know, there's a part of you that's trying to seek out those parts. I know people that you can do it, you know, as a living person, you can do that. You can try to recall all the fragmented pieces of yourself, but I'm not familiar with. Well, I'm wondering if, you know, throughout history, because that would make a lot of sense why why there'd be a lot of these um, highly pissed off spirits because one if you when you close when people are going around opening and closing portals and doing stuff that they they don't really know what they're um, they're messing with a lot of the times or or trying to move ley lines and stuff um, not only does the bad get trapped like in prison there in that timeline and that dimension whatever but the good does too which would eventually become bad if you know somebody was trapped in a specific and the reason this comes up it's it's came so so often recently there's been stories coming out of people getting stuck in um you know like parallel universes parallel dimensions going through i i heard it last night a story of of a kid that went, you know, and it came in his house through the front door, went out the back door. When he came back in for dinner, the whole house had changed. It was different furniture, different, you know, his parents were gone. Nobody was there. He was still very much alive. He went to the police station. They tried to hunt down his parents. Mm -hmm. Nothing was the same though. Where he lived was, you know, the apartment complex was renamed or whatever. Nobody, um, his, his family was long gone, didn't exist. No. Oh, I so see. like dimension jumping, right? So and you're, that's, you're opening and closing like spiritual doors, and, and right. did that happen? Yeah, I mean, conceivably, I would think that could. I mean, I know you're really into like the Irish tradition, 
And there's an old Irish tale about some awareness of that can happen. Um, they always say, you know, it used to be if you were on your horse and you had that vibe, all of a sudden if things change, they said, don't get off your horse, just keep riding and you will eventually get back to your dimension. And, and something similar to that happened to some friends of mine. They were driving, to, they went to Sedona for the weekend. And then when they were leaving, they said all of a sudden landmarks looked really different. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them was like, you know, we need to stop and we need to get out and maybe like try to figure out what's going on. And the other woman, she was familiar with this legend. And she says, no, you just keep driving. Don't get out and explore why it's different or what's changed. And sure enough, they just stayed in the car. They kept driving. And then after about 10 or 15 minutes, all the familiar landmarks returned. Mm-hmm. But there was some kind of shift that that happened and i think i do believe you can get trapped in those shifts if you're i know uh you know my my kids and i were literally in a in a different dimension for three days one time and everybody um i guess in this reality thought we were gone for like a week um but yeah it was terrifying every everything was the same yet i'm assuming it was in the future because it was more advanced um, you know, like there were a lot of machines, everything was, was robotic. Um, but I think the way we got out, which not even on per, you know, I wasn't, I didn't realize it at the time was we went, we went to a hotel. Hotels only have one way in, one way out, you know, usually and she uses the emergency exit, but, um, I think when they flip houses like that, or even board up doors, you know, a lot of houses have hidden rooms, hidden that aren't the same. Mm-hmm. Now, it, I think it, it definitely changes the the energy of a place when you when you start doing that. And it's interesting to me that um, that spirits respect like a physical door anyway. I mean, we had a case where the family, they were fleeing this it was sort of a poltergeist entity and they would go in their room and close the door and it would bang on the door and the door would rattle but it couldn't actually open the door which is kind of silly when you think about it it's like it's you know it's this energy being why it can't just go through the door but there's something like a psychological protective thing is that if you think that door stops something then it stops something yeah finishing the psychic loop basically yeah oh like in beetlejuice (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, but actually like going back to what you were saying about uh, like different dimensions, I have been up to my neck in uh, Mandela effect research for like the last couple of weeks. And um, that's like the, the idea of alternate dimensions speaks to me because I honestly think I, I may be experiencing it myself. Like even looking through the ridiculousness of the Mandela effect, there are a few things that chime in and make sense to me. And it's weird that the rest of the world doesn't remember them the same way that I do. So um, I think there is something to be said for multiple realities layered on top of each other. And, you know, maybe some of us actually have the opportunity to kind of peek through to the other side and, and see what's going on or, Maybe we get completely shifted over sometimes, which is kind of what I think. That's what, so me. that's what I was going to say, because <laughs> just, just last week, and this is something really simple, but I'm like, no, I swear I was at Walmart. Of all, I mean, that in its place in itself is like another dimension. But 
<laughs> like you'll, you'll lose one out. of your terror. hours there. <laughs> like, God, it's like I a Lovecraftian leaving. consumerism nightmare. Yes, I go there and I, I come out with one bag and like $200 later and I lost like three hours of my life insanity and so i was leaving and the exit like i'm like okay they always had the exit on the left hand side at our walmart and the entrance on the right hand side when you walk you know you walk out the doors and it was switched it said i started going out the the exit and of course so there's all these people coming in that way and i look up and i'm like oh sorry and i had to switch over and i'm like i know that was the opposite like a week ago you know there's because you you develop a habit of you know it's like muscle memory of doing something a certain way and i i asked my friends they're like yeah of course it's always been on that side i'm like it's not now so so did it end up going back to the way it was after that incident i'm trying not to go back to walmart well, no, even but without, I, I even without the paranormal event, that's a, probably a good yeah. thing to stick to. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I haven't. That was like last week, so I haven't been back since then. But yeah, that that was something I definitely. I'm like, do other people notice? Are they just trying to mess with us? Like, or was that, you know, one of those those portal days that I wasn't went into aware one of? Walmart and came out a different one, right? Ooh. Well, no, and and see, there's a thing is is like uh, you're, we're talking about portals and and these different layers of reality. I I the more and more I dive into this world, the more I start to lean into that's what we're experiencing with all paranormal activity. It's these flickers of experiences where different layers of reality cross over just for a few minutes, or maybe sometimes more on the regular. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's fascinating. Like the deeper into the rabbit hole I go, the really closer I get to that whole everything is connected thing where I start hopping on the soapbox and screaming at it at people at bus stops, but we're not gonna do that. Well, well, Flood, when we were talking about this, when we were sitting around the campfire, um, mm. you know, you talked about the Mandela effect. And what I think would be interesting is to do a survey and find out which of your friends or people all have the exact same memory, because I think it would be interesting to see who you have been with in each of these different realities. Like, do we all sort of stay in that same reality together? Because it seems like we had a lot of things in common when you were naming off all these you know, anomalies. And it's like, I think that would be really interesting to have a database of what people remember. You know, was it Stouffer's or was it Kraft stuffing? With Stouffer's. Kind of almost like categorize people like, okay, I'm in the Stouffer's universe where you like, Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, a good point, though. Yeah. I mean, should, really, uh, like, yeah. actually use it like for like a data collection, you know, yeah. and kind of go through and just see how many of those points of commonality you have and then you're actually sort of mapping this anomaly yeah and i, I suppose the biggest one would be to obviously start with those who do remember nelson mandela's death in the 80s like i do i which, do i remember his death exactly so that seems to i think the reason it got the name the mandela effect is that seems to be like the earliest discrepancy that people can track down at least at the moment i'm sure with more time and research we'll find more but that seems to be the the whopper like the big 
cultural event as opposed to iconography and consumerism based uh representations of this like we always want to go with icons or you know logos of (laughs) of things or berenstein berenstein bears but looking for the cultural events i think that's the really fascinating stuff okay so so quick survey then so among us here how many think that he died in the 80s yes Okay, so we're all in agreement on that? Oh, no, that wasn't what no. I remember. Yeah, definitely you don't not. Remember? Okay, so two, okay. Not that I was around in the 80s by any means. but I, Well, this <laughs> is what I was going to say. Do you think that, because it seems like the younger generations, what they have seen of historical events is when it seems to shift, when it changes. Because I, I heard one today, too. There was just some, it was a stupid... Uh, Britney Spears. They're like, who remembers that she had a microphone, like, like a uh, yeah. attached to her ear in most of her pop videos. I do. And, and yeah. anybody you ask now or any of the videos, she doesn't have that. Hmm. I'm like, I know she well, had that. because. Okay. So there, yeah. there's, there's like a generational breakdown on this. That's interesting. So too. do you think in that case that it's a um, multi-layered, you know, universe thing, or do you think it's time travel and something's been altered? I think, uh, I think it's, I think that one event, like the Mandela event in particular, might have kind of started a ripple effect because if you talk to people in different age groups, but you start to reference things that that maybe came a little bit later than our time, something that they might connect with, you find the same type of discrepancies in a more modern sense. But it's a really good point. Like we should, yeah, uh, as as we continue to do this, we should actually set up a full-blown survey. Let's cover um, a total of age groups ranging from like 15 to 65 uh, and up even. Um, and I don't know, 10, 20 questions. That would be fun. That would be. Yeah. I think it'd be really interesting to see. And like you said, do the demographic, the age breakdown and see, because maybe that will give you kind of a, an idea when those, those slippages or when those things changed. Right. Yeah. And see if we can pinpoint the times in time that these kind of fractures happen. And it's hard because, um, you know, of course it, Anyone from the 60 to 60s to the 80s, um, for the most part, anything off the wall, there's so much discredit given to that generation because they're like, oh, that's a bunch of hippies. And there was a lot of, you know, like mushrooms and, and all kinds of for whatever, you know, well, there so, isn't now. <laughs> right. I'm like, and that changed when what? But, like, but that, you, you know, what I'm saying like, there was a lot that went on in the world during that time. And it seems to be um, just brushed off as like all that, you know, they don't know what they were talking about during that. Like they didn't remember anything until after the eighties. So if you're born any time with between the sixties and then, so, um, but, but yeah, I think that'd be an amazing research project yeah i think that's really interesting because that kind of came out of the mccarthyism i i you know knowing what i know now like why were why were people so against like the hippies like i had older friends that were hippies and they would walk through town and people would throw rocks at them if you're wearing bell bottoms and you know love beads long hair like people throw rocks at you like hippies were like this like this enemy and it's like why is that because there's a fraction of that now it's like 
anytime anybody you know has opened up their consciousness to th these other things it's like what they're doing is is incredibly harmless it has nothing to do with you so why do you care so much you know why do you have to disparage somebody for being like a hippie or yeah absolutely. don't challenge my fragile reality no yeah. real yeah. quick i have she just showed up i have a surprise a special guest um for you all you know i i love um this moon energy and like to honor that so i am going to welcome um snow raven from olox um she is going to perform um i i have seen her the first time i i, I saw her was on um gosh years ago america's got talent um with with your brother i believe my soul brother okay yeah do an amazing performance to um uh zombie by cranberries correct was that yeah. one of your first yeah mm -hmm. and and so i just wanted um you know, she's she's gonna do one song. Um, you're the creator of the reindeer breath, is that? Yeah, the RG beatbox, the mimicking of reindeer breath comes from uh, nomadic people of my homeland. Um, I was born and raised in Arctic Siberia, Republic of Saha Yakutia, and I'm indigenous Saha. Um, so we have, in entire Arctic Siberia, we have over 30 different tribes and- uh, Wow. Yeah, so I came to United States four years ago, and um, I'm a singer, um, creator, creator of uh, music project Olux Olux Records, actually. So I'm going to work with the indigenous artists, musicians too, and electronic musicians from Western culture too. The whole uh, idea is um, to unite people, to unite. Um, you know, indigenous and Westerners. Um, and I'm working on also creating temple, Kutsur temple of shamanism and science. Um, so I have team right now. I'm in New Mexico. I'm traveling. Yes. These days. My home state. Yeah, you told me so. And um, your homeland is saying hi to you. So it's, um, yeah, my team is here. And uh, the whole music, you know, this traditional songs I sing was taught by my grandmother um, when I was three years old oh, and wow. uh, mimicking birds and animal sounds that was taught by nature. So, and bringing that very important message that we're all indigenous to mother earth. Um, it's, it's very important message coming from, you know, from our hearts and um, yeah, I would love to share with you a traditional song and also I will play this instrument. We call that homus, um, but there are like over hundred uh, types of this instrument around the world. And um, this is, uh, you can call it mouth harp, chow harp or uh, juice harp. And this is made uh, in my culture by native indigenous um, blacksmith. So I'm going to, share with you that um, vibrations. <clears throat>
Ha <laughs> ha 
Bu manna mustubut barangoran kaydere barların algistan, karistan, arçılan, arangatçılan. Dom, dom, domini dom. Mahtal, mahtal means thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Man, I, I have the chills completely directed or directly channeling the source right there that's a amazing amazing gift you have and and i'm i'm so honored that that you shared that with us um where can where can people find your um you also give lessons correct on the on the map i do so, um i have four different courses first one is how to open up your own voice uh, because I believe everyone can sing and everyone has their own unique voice. Uh, it's more about self-expression to connect to the nature of yourself, right? And with the universe within you. Um, then the second course is uh, about mimicking birds and animal sounds um, that connects you to the mother nature. And um, the third one is how to play mouth harp. Um, and the fourth one is how to do Arctic beatbox by the mimicking of reindeer breath. So that's basically what I did. 
right so that's amazing and um yeah besides that i have two albums on spotify um apple music those are pretty um old albums i'm working on the uh the third the new one more ceremonial and um maybe putting that on blockchain because i'm very interested on decentralized world that how we can you know all together um build web3 and not bringing old paradigm to that dimension yes. So I'm bringing shamanic perspective into blockchain. I truly believe that peer-to-peer -peer technology, that's the future. That's how we can rise up and be awakened as individuals and also come together as a collective consciousness uh, to take care of uh, Earth, our home, and, yeah, and hand it to future generations. Um, and um, so uh, you can find me easily on... Um, YouTube channel by Olox Records. So if you Google O-L-O-X, Olox, it will just pop up our website. And uh, also on Instagram, I go as a Snow Raven. It has like eight as an infinite sign in the beginning and in the end. Eight Snow Raven, eight. Um, and Facebook, you know, as a Snow Raven. Facebook, Instagram, also TikTok. I have them. Um, the majority of my crowd and TikTok too as a Olux Records. So Olux Records is um, is um, going to be a, um, a platform where we would like to bring indigenous musicians, uh, representatives of um, their cultures, and uh, basically um, collaborate with the electronic music. Um, you know, like DJs or musicians, because. Um, I do electronic music and I do combine all of the sounds with electronic beats. So, yeah, so that's a um, pretty interesting life. <laughs> well, I definitely look forward to having you, you on again in the future. And thank you for sharing with us, especially on this day with, like I said, with the moon energy. I love it. Oh, and, yeah. and I will send you. So. This, this has to do with Sally House. I got this tattoo a few days before I went there. And uh, I my my artist, I just let them draw up whatever they want. And this is what he came up with. And it looks um, much like, I'll have to send you a picture. You can't see. Um, but it looks like her in a lot of her performances, which synchronicities. So, so that's <laughs> ironic. Uh, yeah, I have my, um, usually I wear my special uh the uh, shamanic outfit which made by um indigenous you know the how we call sewer designer or the the costume maker so we were designing it together and then you know for me it's very important who who does who makes that because they put their energy in that too and yes connected so that gives me a lot of confidence and then it it makes me completely to be empty and invite my ancestors while when i perform yeah i have like a it's a different outfit <laughs> so and uh that that video um where i was in america's got town and one viral video i have that very looks like your your tattoo actually yeah, yeah there's a lot of them yeah <laughs> and that's why you know i'm i'm in, i've been introduced to all of 
all of these fine people. We have Jill at the top, um, Flood and Alejandro and um, Ro Walker Roberts at the bottom here. So they, I was introduced, um, well, intuitively led to, to all of them as well. So thank you again. And I, I can't wait. I look forward to the, our future meetings as well. So yes, please. I'm honored to be in your circle and sharing, um, sharing my ancestry and, you know, my culture with you. Thank you so much. It's very good to see you here and hopefully being here um, uh, next time. Yes. Snow Raven, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your gifts with us. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I, I got you on Spotify and I'm looking forward to listening to more. Mm, thank you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Speaking, real quick before you go, um, do you ever do this? This this might be something you know. We we try to bring in energies from from many different backgrounds. As far as um, anytime I'm I'm at certain, especially um, sacred ground and and places like that. Do you ever do remote? Um, kind of remote channeling type things like that or have you ever um channeling with the with the person with well well when when the person is at a different site like if i was at mm. you know one location and and we called you up on on video or whatever and in the same way you know people do with like mediums and and things like that oh yeah so th there's the whole another conversation i have that in my culture the 12 different levels of the shamans mm -hmm. and uh, the um, shamans who can do that, who can connect telepathically uh, with people in wherever they are, you know, far distance or close, it doesn't matter. Um, they are from uh, around like eight, seven sky. So I am, a, I am a, I have a straight blood, uh, shaman's blood. Uh, it was a woman, we call them Udagan. Uh, in my lineage, um, and uh, I, I'm being very gentle um, towards this opening in myself, and mm -hmm. I'm somewhere in the beginning, and I can do certain things. I can, for example, do wedding ceremonies or um, come in, you know, uh, we call that purification of the house, right, or blessing of the house, or connecting to the local spirits of the land spirits. Um, doing the ceremony of the offering to the fire, a spirit of fire. And then I cannot do certain things un unless I go back to my home um, and uh, um, connect to shaman teacher. Um, for example, I do support shamans around the world. They're in their ceremonies sitting there um, and holding space musically like i recently did three hours of singing non-stop and uh that and then and i the lineage where i come from we don't use any plant medicine it's um uh we believe in psychedelic state of consciousness which everyone have but that the, the oh, thing okay. is yeah that the thing is how we can have access to that right like there are certain techniques or teachers it could be master plant medicine according to some shamanic cultures or it could be my, being mindfulness yoga breathing technique um uh what else a pain uh, coming out of 
uh, comfort zone, right? Some trauma can happen to a person and all of a sudden, you know, they um, transform that energy. There are like certain ways to get there according to many, many cultures. And that's a mystery of life. I'm, I'm studying it. And I also experienced that. And I'm sure everybody's experiencing this awakening of their inner healer, inner shaman, inner teacher. Oh, gosh. And you're in New Mexico. That means I've been here and I need to go home for years. So that's probably my my next step. (laughs) Well, thank you. I I will um, get into I will email you about. Um, when you get back home for for another time we can talk yes. since she's since she's traveling so have a good evening and enjoy be safe on your trip as well thank you thank you so much yeah. thank you thank, thank you. you jill walker flood and alejandro and trish <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. all that right a, that was a pleasant oh, surprise was, yeah. thank you Yes, that was amazing. Um, I'm glad she, if you watch her, her performances, um, absolutely amazing. Just the range of, of different, um, different animals she can, you know, connect with and their, their sounds and, and the vibrations. And, and so I thought with this chaotic energy, this would be a perfect time to kind of raise the vibration and, and, uh, and have her come on for for a song so did anyone else notice that she literally transforms as she's doing that i mean yeah. you can, that's um, why i wanted to make her all, bigger on that. like you can you can almost like see it but energetically yes she yeah. is like i mean all those different forms it's it's pretty amazing when she's together with her soul brother they have it, it's like and, and they don't um it, it, it is like that. It's, it's not like rehearsed. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some of them are, are rehearsed songs, you know, like, like the, the zombie song, but, but as far as they're, <laughs> it's complete, you know, they go together so well and the, the, the fl- flow of it and um, the harmony and everything. And there's some, some where she's outside and that's even, that's amazing. You see literally there, there's um, one of her videos, she's sitting amongst the trees and you can, you can almost see the trees vibration being, you know, they perk up and start moving and all the birds around her and everything. It's absolutely amazing. So I can't, I can call doves. That's about it. I can't. (laughs) Yeah, that was incredible. I am. meditating and listening to that and all of that and that was if i hadn't known better you know with my eyes shut i would have thought that i was out in out in a forest or among nature yeah and i think that's what a lot of people didn't realize when she was on america's got talent and things like they thought that that was like a background like sound effects no she's actually making those sounds Mm -hmm. with her her own voice um which is incredible you know So the, the full array of techniques that she used, like especially when the way she was able to slip in in and out of like the the multi vocal cord throat mm-hmm. singing, it just sliding in and out of it effortlessly. That was that was impressive. And the is it the jaw harp? Is that what it's called? The mouth harp. Yeah, yeah. Mouth harp. Um, yeah, I to coordinate all of that be. But yes, as Jill said, complete transformation there of different, different, and, and that's 
one of the things I'm I want to kind of get into studying is the, uh, you know, the the voice uh, transformation for for healing as well. So. Hmm. Because it raises your own, but you know, if people sing, even if you sing like in the shower, it raises your vibration. You know, I'm I'm bad at it, so yeah, it's all about at least chakra, mm-hmm. which is what you started talking about at the very beginning about how you know Sally House tried to like stifle us or quiet us or keep us from speaking. I mean, and that's yes. what happened to Flood there as he was literally like choking. <laughs> Yeah, and that that is that. I mean, that's you know, you silence. That's how you silence a person spiritually is you attack their throat chakra. It's you know, that's how you communicate. That's your spiritual connection to speaking your voice. And one of the which which one is affiliated with shame and and affects your throat chakra also. Um, Gosh, I want to say, um, I don't know, it slipped my mind as far as, as the demonic realms of that people. But again, to, to most, well, my perspective on, on demons is different than most people's, so I don't know. <laughs> That's like shadow work stuff, but to most people it's like a scary, you know. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't elaborate on that without... Getting kicked off YouTube or something, I guess. So. <laughs> I always viewed them both as the same. It's more about who's uh, who's engaging them and what their intent is. Yes, demon to some, angel to others. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, what was I was going to say? One thing that that I just recalled today was when Walker and I were. We were always distracted. Like, I kept getting distracted. He's like, hey, do you want to go in the basement? I'm like, sure. And I'd start going, then I'd get distracted. Like, I mean, I do have ADHD, but clearly. But but this was, like, completely, like, drawing me away from it. Something didn't want me to go down there. And then on the way down, um, we had just talked about, um, we, we had just talked about birthdays and synchronicities when we were outside. And so I knew when your birthday was, and I saw it on on the tag of a fire extinguisher that had just been that's uh-huh. right yeah 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 my birthday was on the uh, fire extinguisher down in the basement yeah like the uh inspection you know ticket or whatever and i was like <laughs> well that's interesting yeah i but forgot about it, that too but wasn't your birthday on no that wouldn't have been was that with that wouldn't have been the fire that wouldn't have been beltane the fire festival was on that weekend it was close april 25th oh that's still that's still in the fire but i i thought that was that was interesting and then what did you all gather from the, the basement individually <laughs> I felt like, well, I mean, that's where, you know, Walker captured that amazing EVP down there. Um, I expected it to feel creepier than it did, but I think by the end of our time there, I still think that something was hiding. I just feel like something had slunk away to the basement. That there's more to that basement than just what you can see, because it's a fairly small room. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I definitely felt pretty normal overall. Like it was that almost was a place that I would I went down to and didn't feel as affected as like the rest mm-hmm. of the house. I had like less experiences in the basement than other places. And like, yeah, we got some 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 good evidence down there for sure, but for the most part I feel like it was pretty uh even keel like compared to the rest mm-hmm. of the house. I think the only time that uh that the basement felt different to me is when we were um, running the experiment with the sacred tones running through the speaker and like reverberating through the, the whole house. When I was down in the basement and I had my back to the hole in the wall, um, as it was ringing, like I got a, a, a really, really distinct sense that somebody was right behind me, just kind of like looking over my shoulder. Uh, didn't really feel threatened or anything like that, but it just, distinct sense that I wasn't alone. Something had taken an interest. I don't know. I didn't feel much of anything in the uh, basement outside of just it felt like a basement. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have any particularly uh, you know energetic experiences alarming or otherwise. Um, no. Yeah. Just- I basement and like i said those stairs i i did not go in the basement a lot because i thought for sure i was gonna take a header down them <laughs> the, yeah I, actually, uh... the non-existent bottom step yeah <laughs> the um polaroids that i got down the uh the basement stairs though i think were the most interesting that that i kind of i guess experienced there i took a couple um snapshots down the stairs into the basement and there was some uh visual like it almost looked like something had scratched something out on the uh, the Polaroid shot in uh, huh. two different places. Yeah, that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then there was almost something that looked like a thumbprint, too. I did get uh, a few times. There was something with us in the basement that was afraid of something upstairs because one of one of the spirits there said, you know he's coming or, or something and like completely ran off or took off, which I can see because I, I didn't get a bad feeling really in the basement either. Um, that's why I think it's more in the attic. You know, I, I think it's whatever's um, got the, the negative energy is, is up rather, you know, rather than, than downstairs in that place. But I did, I did get that there's like tunnels or something, which, um, is Kansas has some of the most extensive underground tunnel systems out of anywhere in the U.S. So, so that wouldn't be surprising if all of those houses are connected, you know, and, and there is where those bricks were kind of broken up. If that does go back farther and connect a lot of those houses, I did get that, that there was like open space underground or something. Hmm. Um, and then, and the reason this was <laughs> relevant like I uh and it just like literally popped out of my mouth and I said Jesus and I'm like where did where did that where did that come from but then when I was at the um when I was at the college um you know a few months later they have this giant Jesus statue and up the hill right near it which like there's something underground that leads there um on their maps up the hill from that by the fountain there's a time capsule so i think that's why that was relevant and um 
it was from the 50s. So that's interesting too. Um, When's it due to be open? Um, not until like 2070 something or, you know, <laughs> yeah, long time from now. <laughs> so. What do you say, well, gang? Want to go liberate a time capsule before it's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and it, which is interesting. Um, that's where, right by the fountain, and you know, there's the Jesus statue and the fountain and everything. Was where I took that video of the screaming in the background. So. Yeah. Which is, what a great clip. Creepy as hell, but oh man. So I wish we had that keyed up right now so that we could play it. I know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to get any of that on my my feed here. But if you all knew what led up to that in my life that day was terrifying. I saw all of these uh, statue. Uh, it's like bust pick um, sculptures. Um, they have behind one of the buildings and. They all look terrified, like like they're dying. And I took pictures of those, and and there was like nobody around anywhere by this time. It was uh, it was maybe five o'clock ish, um, and and I was walking around, and then I went in, in a science building, and I have a picture, um, which I I can I can post and send to you all that. I don't even know what this guy looks like standing behind me in this picture. And there's nothing to reflect off the back wall because there's just a doorway. And there is such an interesting looking being standing behind me in the picture. And then that's when I walked out. I walked up the hill and I saw this apple just thrown aside. And I'm like, you know, you know, switches like we always pay attention to apples just thrown aside, right? So, <laughs> so, so I was like, mm, "That's that's a sign," and I sent that to you, Flood. And then it was right after that that I, I because I felt like something was following me, and I hadn't even looked at the picture. These were all on my, um, aside from the apple and the the other picture or the video, the other pictures were on my my digital camera, so I hadn't even looked at them yet, and. Um, I walked up the hill and I, I felt like something was following me. And I'm like, oh, but I mean, obviously there was nobody behind me, nobody in that courtyard. And I just happened to take a video and that was at the end of it. And I'm hmm. like, that damn apple. <laughs> poisonous apple. But that brings up another thing as far as um, all the cemeteries in Atchison, I don't know if they're the same as the ones in, in Topeka, but Topeka and Manhattan and, and a lot of the, the, the places in this state have a habit of moving, moving the headstones and not moving the bodies. I think or sometimes they don't even move the headstones. They just get rid of them and leave the bodies. But... Mm. You think that's what I'm sorry. I said that happens a lot of places, especially oh. if you have if you have, you know, developers involved and they know that if somebody knows there's a body there, you have to call in the state archaeologist. It's going to slow everything down. And so because um, I know in, in Indianapolis at Central State, which used to be an insane asylum, 
there was one area where there supposedly a lot of the patients were buried and that is all now high priced uh, condos. And oh. I heard from someone that they said, yes, they saw one of the workers out there with a wheelbarrow, just picking up these stones. And then, you know, after that, the bulldozers came in and um, it is a place I do want to check back on because I'm, it, it's incredibly haunted. And I think that stirred up a lot. And then not only did they have the infinite wisdom of, of, of doing that when they did the condos, streets are named after all the doctors that, that worked at the psychiatric hospital. Hmm. That, that place has got it. Those That's how it is here. Too. Activity. What I, so a few years ago when I was accidentally rerouted through Atchison, they, there were floods and there was, um, we came up upon this place. I nobody remembers where it was at, or but it was right right outside of like when you get to Atchison. And this lady said she was there to view all the bodies that were floating up from you know from the floods. And that got into. I'm sure that's happened in Atchison a lot. But where the apple came into mind when with that was pre Civil War. Well, I don't think they've used it since the Civil War era. They used to use um, an embal a really strong embalming fluid made from apples, but it was so toxic with the, uh, what's an apple? Cyanide? Cyanide. Yeah, the, the apple cyanide was literally poisoning the groundwater, the soil, ev everything around it. Um, and that's, that's when they had all those, you know, all the water they had the boil bands in Atchison not because of that just because of the floods but that's that's what I was I was thinking from the apples you know that's that's interesting that maybe maybe it was kind of pointing me towards all the bodies that have been displaced right and well, I mean for numerous you reasons fair, you know I worked with a, a cemetery restorationist and he said if you go into any given older cemetery you know, and you count the stones. He said, "If you may see ten stones, but they could be maybe fifty people that were buried there. Not all of them were, you know, were marked, or you know, they were destroyed or lost over time. Or, in the case of Native American burials, they were just an ordinary rock. Um, typically, if they were slaves, you know, sometimes those were even just like a wood, a wood cross, you know, that that degraded years ago. So, one of speaking of, of Native American graves, one of, um, in the basement, when, when I was writing out in the, in the letters, um, they're like those little refrigerator magnet letters, right? As I was with Walker and, um, I spelled out Malik, right? I, I didn't put in like an I or anything on the end. Yeah. And that could mean numerous things, but, but one, um, Malek, I believe, means sacrificed children. Well, and Malik, so, excuse me, but malic acid is the acid that is in apples, I believe. I think it is ooh. acid, yes. See, that's another, huh. So that's kind of interesting, feeding him with, uh, with the apples. Yeah. And, and that was at, at the, uh, was at the college. I saw the apple, but, but the college is right by 
Forest Hill. So the sacrificing children thing, um, I was like, what does that have to do? You know, I've, I've gone over the Sally Hall and Will Hall. She, you know, they say, she, but she lived like two blocks up. Um, she lived closer to Mound Street. Um, she's the one that had like 15, 16 children in 14 years or something, but most of them had died. Um, and I don't think that has to do with it, though. I think it has to do with, so Forest Hill being right by, by the college there um, is where the Civil War era orphanage used to be, and there's cemeteries there, but there's only like three headstones now, and there there's actually, I don't even know how many children were buried there and, and said to have been abused and, and such at that orphanage. And my name is written in cement in the in the foundation of that house there. So that's why it literally says Trisha. And so that's that's kind of what drew me drew me there. Um, what house is this again? It's it's one that sits in front of um, where the orphanage cemetery was on top of the it near Forest Park. Like it, it would be at the top of the hill from from Sally House. But that goes into different connections in Kansas with uh, they they would send a lot of Native American children um, to these these homes, um, you know, take them from their families and stuff. Yeah, there there was a whole pipeline, literally train loads, um, something that you don't hear very much about, but like from Indianapolis area, any of the, you know, so-called orphans or people, children that were taken from their parents, they were literally loaded on trains and just, and shipped out West to be labor, to be adopted, mm -hmm. but they were becoming labor. And I'm sure as you got further out West and then you encountered native peoples, I'm, I'm sure that there are all kinds of atrocities. Oh yeah. Happen as a result of that, you know, that's interesting that that word is, is, you said a chemical in apples? I believe it is. Yeah, I believe it's malic acid. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I just oh, looked okay. it up on you. Did you look it up? Okay, yeah. Huh. I, I wanted to verify that. And uh, spelled differently, it's uh, M-A-L-I-C, but still. I wonder what that has to do with... With that, I mean, aside from you know the whole poisonous apple thing, I mean, the campus poisonous. I don't know. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. <laughs> could be. If you start going down that rabbit hole, you'll start. <laughs> you'll end up like me with like pieces of red yarn connecting all these different spots on a map, and the I'm not going to allow any of you to see. <laughs> That's um, right before the apple and that video, I have a picture or kind of a, a short clip of a cat that literally like glitched on camera. You could see its head like, and I was like- Glitch in the that, matrix. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have proof of it on that, on, right before I went up the hill to where that, that I took that video of the person screaming. So that's interesting. That's a good one. Has, has everybody here, Jill, have you seen this? No. 
Okay, I'll uh, I'll send it to her after okay, this. You, you have for, you yeah. and Walker. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll send yes. it to you. It's pretty impressive. You got it. A black uh, no, I'm talking about the video that she's referencing with the scream, and it's. Oh, uh, that I've seen. Yeah, that I've seen. Okay. Right. I wanted to see the glitching cat, and I was wondering. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll post that too. It's <laughs> oh, like, yeah. it, because this cat kept it kept like coming out of nowhere and leading me to weird. Like it led me to the middle of a prayer group, and I felt so terrified. I was like, <laughs> okay, that's not. Yeah. I was like, listen, cat. Okay. <laughs> so, and then I would turn around and it would just be there randomly. And um, so I was, I was literally kind of, you know, joking or messing with the cat. And I, I turned around real quick and took a picture. And that's when it was in that picture that I'm like, ha, ah, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> because <laughs> i knew it i mean the cat itself i was like is that a spirit am i just not like does it look really alive to me because sometimes i can't tell especially in places like atchison you know hmm. and um or i was like maybe it's i don't know there's something it didn't feel like a cat so i always my intuition you know when something is not doesn't feel like the the being that it's portraying itself as Ooh. Yeah, that, that black cat that kept coming around the uh, the Sally house <laughs> while we were there didn't feel like a cat. Oh, the plate, the paper plate. Oh, yes. tuna. Yeah. What you feed? That's the first thing I noticed when I walked up there, and there's so much meaning behind that because you have the whole. Have you all heard of hungry ghosts? Oh, yeah. So there's that. There's and then, of course, there's there's like feeding into something, you know, feeding into the hive, feeding into the whatever. Um, feeding the places like that. Um, everyone who comes through there, obviously, is is going with with a specific most of them already know, you know, have heard about the house or have some sort of preconceived um theory of what's their fear of something that's there so that feeds into it all obviously it's like the marshmallow man you know on ghostbusters that it just grows into one to think big of the most innocent thing i possibly could have thought of <laughs> <laughs> the state of marshmallow man <laughs> that's like yeah, that's my favorite one <laughs> but that in, in scientific terms that happens with with a lot of things in life that happens with parasites that happens with you know you're talking about the vortices of malaria, you know, outbreaks and stuff the other day, that that's how it happens. They, all these little tiny parasites attract and become one giant uh, thing, you know, and that's what reminded me of the house, um, which I just said that mal malaria, that'd be in the water then. That's well, I, I did take a shower there and I did not get malaria, so... <laughs> Least well, but I but I mean, as far as the water, so a lot of times, um, especially mediums and stuff, will use like a giant jug of water or something, especially moon water and stuff, to draw spirits to it. Spring water, because, I use spring water for that purpose. Mm -hmm. Because they're drawn, they're you know the water, obviously being an element, attracts them. So 
with all the water surrounding, if there's also water underground, that's another thing to test, you know, as far as, because it would be attracted to that too. Well, especially in Atchison, we already know that they have tons of cave systems underneath there. So therefore there's going to be tons of other water systems that are, are lesser known, you know, like, uh, you know, creeks in the caves, things like that. So the, the whole place is built to be a giant conduit like that from, from one uh, boundary of its town to the other, like the whole thing, it seemed like it was specifically set up to be a channel. Hmm. And it was, it was named the city that never dies. Maybe that's why I relate to it. (laughs) (laughs) Does it actually have that nickname? Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Uh, It was, it was named that after, you know, all the fires and floods and, and tornadoes and everything um, early on, right after it was established. And every time it would come back, you know, stronger than, than ever and still be um, like a hub um, at that point in time for Kansas, well, for the Midwest um, until the railroads stopped. Um, I don't, they still go through there, but that's that's another thing i've had experience with railroads the city that refused to die yes that's metal i love it (laughs) so the my very and it was the last time i'd been to atchison since like 10 years ago um when my family first moved to kansas we went through atchison and i specifically remember this and this brings up another story or like another i guess question for you all i um my dad was stopped at the railroad crossing. There, w- there wasn't a train coming. There was no train coming. And he started to, to go and the railroad, the arm fell on his truck. And he's like, oh no, you know, it came out and it, and it passed right then. Like it came out of nowhere. And of course, everybody knows about the whole train theory and paranormal and everything. But what is you all's theory on, uh, on that, you know, trains coming out of nowhere and hitting people and such in weird crossroad areas like that. I personally think it's it's, it's very similar to um, the reason why so many theaters are and art houses are haunted is because you have enough people going there collectively that eventually it, it builds up a charge and <clears throat> like <clears throat> railroads in particular. Come on, you, you go through the history of that how many people died on those things uh, in the building of our country as we continued to expand and grow. So using uh, elements of the earth for a method of transportation kind of connects us to it in a weird spiritual way. So there is definitely something to railroads kind of being part of that conduit thing, you know? Yeah. I think you're actually creating like a a man-made ley line. I mean, because think about it, you know, down, iron stakes you're putting down the wood and then you have i mean i don't even know how heavy you know a a train is but you have all this metal just moving at at a really high rate of speed um and coincidentally you know people um around indianapolis all the way into chicago illinois and i think maybe down into kentucky they have caught glimpses of lincoln's train it's the lincoln ghost train and supposedly if you go stand by any of these railroads that carried his body 
on the anniversary of that, you will actually see the funeral train. And wow. I've heard from a couple of people that they've seen it. It appears out of nowhere. It's the big black, you know, steam locomotive. It's got so all you're the telling me we have another body. adventure. Yeah, and his body is there, and you you know, you smell the flowers that have been placed because you know he he was on the road for weeks, you know, and they were packing yeah. him with ice and, and flowers to try to keep down the decomp, but they smelled the decomp, they smelled the flowers, they saw all the pageantry. And then it was gone, but they had that, you know, that wind that, you know, was the train was like rushing past wow. and it would just be like in a fleeting, in a fleeting um, moment. So, yeah, there are people that on the anniversary of that train, they will go stake out some of these known railroad crossings where he went past. Wow. He did, you know, he did quite a tour, you know, um, before, well, before he was interred a lot. I mean, people used to come out and, and they, they lined the streets when they knew the train was coming. And that's how everyone paid respect to his passing. Yeah. Big boy came through um, Topeka this summer. I don't, it, it hasn't been in service since the forties. And it's the one that um, Stephen King wrote about. And um, was it his, do you do like a twin? Twin Towers, Twin... Something. Yeah. Oh, the Dark Tower. Dark it's Tower. The, it's the Dark Tower. It's the Gunslinger series. And um, yeah, I think I think he had some early childhood trauma with the train, like Choo Choo and the, the Charlie and all of that. There's some weird train metaphors. There's, and, and you see it um, quite often. And look at Polar Express and and um, a lot of children's well, movies, for Hogwarts sure. Hogwarts, yeah. Hogwarts, <laughs> Hogwarts Express. Yeah, there's there's something really yeah because trains they're they're really powerful. I mean, you know, it's just this mass of moving metal and there's no stopping them. I right. kept hearing Soul Soul Asylum when we were at Sally House, uh, Runaway Train, you know, mm -hmm. which is I was like I haven't I haven't even I haven't listened to that even since <laughs> since the 90s probably. Um, but another another thing that's interesting, um, Stephen King did. I didn't realize this until just just a few weeks ago. Actually, a lot of his novels were based on on can like Kansas stories because his I, I believe his brother was um, was at Meninger's the the uh, asylum that used to be in Topeka, and so he spent a lot of time in Kansas mm -hmm. when he would come visit. Huh. Really interesting. Yeah. So a lot of the there's a lot of Topeka places they're like oh yeah that train yeah that's because that's what that's literally what he wrote is he based his book on and then there'll be like another place in kansas and they said oh yeah that's this movie or that or like cujo was formed here or pet cemetery at rochester and i was like what so all of his films take place in maine but they're filmed in the midwest that's interesting yeah hmm. yeah because he would spend you know they said a few weeks a month um I've talked to people that worked at the hospital, actually. Um, they said he, he would. Hmm. Here's train. But yeah, I mean, but towns lived and died based on train. I mean, when, when the railway came through, towns flourished. And then when the train stopped, they became ghost towns. It really was a lifeblood to a lot of, of mostly Western towns. Yeah, and that, that particular reason is why I want to do a revisit to Rural Hall here in North Carolina sometime in the next several months. 
that was one of the first places I ever went to to do any uh, live investigations, and we we got pinged hard. That place is super active, but it's it's one of those uh, stories of how like the the benefits of the train were supposed to make this town flourish, but then comes the age of the automobile, and everything just collapses onto itself. And uh, so the the township that they had planned kind of crumbled under the pressure. Well, and then and then in the fifties, you know, Eisenhower, when all the super highways were built, then that came the collapse of you know Route sixty six and yeah. Route sixty six and all the smaller little roads. I mean, yeah, the towns you see those everywhere. You know, you see all those little motels and and things that you know that used to be the boom town, and yeah. now there's just remnants basically. I wonder. Um, there was another. Gosh, what is it? The Cray Cray Mansion. Have you all heard of that that one? Where is it? In in Atchison. No, it's another That's supposedly right. you haunted. That to me. Yeah, I haven't yeah. had a chance to really look into it yet, though. I know the owner. Um, I don't know that she she only allows tours and and such. I believe a certain certain time of year. I think. Um, but but yeah, that's that's another one that is kind of on that. But but one of the main things, another that New Mexico reminded me of the Santa Fe Railroad, um, you know, being there. And when I was leaving that night from the Sally House, I passed the Fox, I don't know, restaurant or bar or whatever downtown there. You all might have seen it when you write down the hill from the Sally House and um, a restaurant that just said Mexico on the side. Why that was so relevant? Because um, I, I kept getting Jericho. I'm like, what does Jericho have to do with anything? And it, it was actually a series filmed like in 2012 or something about these time travelers. And they go back to the um, the nuclear bomb era, like, um, and that was one of the main things um, in New Mexico is these these like spies and agents um, had underground um, headquarters, I guess, under a place called the Fox. Um, one with Mexico on it and something that said Santa Fe regarding the railroad. I was like, hmm. well, that's interesting, <laughs> you know, considering. So um, that was another thing as far as mirroring other places, you know, that, because those the, like their lights were flashing and stuff when I was leaving. And I'm like, that's, that's something to pay attention to. So, <laughs> well, it is. I'm sorry, were you? I just, just set me loose on the Dolce Air Force Base, man. Let me get in there. Uh, this is the, like, I haven't been back to New Mexico in, I don't know, like 20 years, probably 15. It just, it it's one of those places that um, is scary to me for that matter. For, for those for those reasons which which is crazy because there's so many people that that want to experience aliens and they're like just take me and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> so that's uh New Mexico and Arizona are both on the year on <laughs> the uh, list for next year for sure 
<laughs> Sedona, <laughs> Arizona in particular. Oh yeah, there's there's amazing there amazing place. P people don't even realize these places some of them are villages where the people don't leave those villages and they don't have the internet and such, you know. When I lived on top of a mountain there, we didn't have all of these like UFOs and satellites and stuff. Giant microwaves were all that, that's probably why I grew up a mutant, you know. But we didn't really associate with the with the outsiders very often. So But yes, I appreciate all of you coming on. I wish I had a way to display any type of video or sound or anything. I'll have to share that later, but that would make it so much easier. But I absolutely had an amazing time there with all of you. I learned I learned a lot. It changed my perspective, um, especially on, on an investigation teams. And you all don't... Um, you know, I realize you you all are trying to um, take a more um, kind of scientific approach and in, in changing things and the energy for in a more po positive manner rather than just exercising spirits and, you know, going I, through the jump factor. I think <laughs> deep down inside, we're all just trying to upset the status quo of paranormal research. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that'll, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, thank you so much for having us, Trish. It's always yeah, a pleasure. Thank yeah, thank you. It was good seeing you all again. Yes, and I cannot okay. wait to join um, you all in the future. Hopefully, hopefully, soon this this summer sometime. Um, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to join us for the uh, purported uh, event in uh, August if you're available. So you just keep us posted. Yes. You got a, you got a spot there if you want it. And. As far as listeners go, you all can find, you have to go back and listen to all these podcasts because Flood does an amazing job of uh, keeping us all on track as far as stories go. And, and, and they go over in detail um, all of all their experiences um, at the Sally House and, and your other investigations, which are amazing as well. So where can, where's the best, I guess, link to find you um if you go to linktree slash xv planus you can uh find us there but that's really just for the podcast each and every one of us have our own things it's certainly worth looking into but yeah for xv planus just google e-x-v-p-l-a-n-i-s you'll find it it's kind of hard to miss yes and jill where where is your information now still i think i on Facebook and Instagram, I have a YouTube channel. It's all under Jill Weaver. And you can email me at thatoldwitch at gmail.com. Okay. Walker. Yes. Tell us about your your projects. I don't have any fun stuff outside of XP Planets. I'm 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 really just here to <laughs> investigate and help with the team. Yeah, you can always catch me uh, <laughs> hanging out talking about ghosts at any bar downtown Raleigh. So just come out and hang out. That's uh, you could make a whole podcast about that alone. Like we've been trying. <laughs> Funny sure. that you should mention that because we got some things <laughs> up our sleeves. I was gonna say, just in my one day of bartending a week, I get you know my stories of of the my older customers and stuff, random stuff that comes in. What about what about you, Alejandra? You have a uh, metaphysical. Yeah, that's shop. still definitely in the works for sure. Um, but yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that. My personal Instagram 
is at Phasen Out, and that's F-A-E-Z-E-N-O-U-T. Um, the shop that uh, myself and my wife uh, are uh, fostering its growth and all of that is uh, Leftover Stardust. And the Instagram for that has nothing on it yet. But uh, um, you're like me. It's, <laughs> it's Leftover Stardust Shop on Instagram. And then it's on Etsy too. We have a few um, things up. We have uh, some specialized uh, tarot spreads for readings that we do. That I think we've got three up now. Uh, but it's still definitely in the early stages. But if uh, anyone wants to check it out, definitely it's a leftover Stardust shop on Etsy. So I am looking forward to it. And and Alejandro is is an amazing channeler too. Um, you know, as far as interpreting messages and and your in your different um, methods of doing so um, was was really interesting actually so i appreciate um, your sense <laughs> well no I, I i really enjoy it and obviously like i accidentally that that was really <laughs> meaningful uh, to me anyways because my phone took a picture of it on its own so um but yes i will post um i have most of the links posted i will i will have to definitely post some of the pictures and videos and thank you all for joining me next week i have brad kelly coming on from um he's a co-host of the art of darkness podcast and uh wrote the house of sleep novels he also designed um he he's gone way into detail in his interpretation of tarot so Check that out. Thank you all for nice. listening and joining us. Thank you all for for accepting my invitation tonight to this craziness. So. Anytime, Trish, you know yeah, that. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate it. <laughs> it I, I was I was kind of worried it wasn't, you know, when my computer crashed after I did this whole Sally presentation thing, I was like, that's how it's gonna be, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everyone else, have a good night, and we'll see you next week. All right. Good night, Trish. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.